You're listening to the Tuna Town Talks Fishing Podcast with Captain Paul Miller. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening. I'm a full-time charter captain based out of Ennis, Louisiana, and over the years I've seen some of the most incredible things, and some of my friends have told me some of the most unbelievable stories, so much to where I decided I would like to start a podcast. And now a word from our title sponsor, Blue Wave Boats. Blue Wave has been the number one selling bay boat along the Gulf Coast for many years now. And with over 50 square miles of marsh located out of Venice, Louisiana, it is essential that I choose the right boat to put my clients on fish. For the last four to five years, I've been using a 24-foot bay boat powered with a single 300 Suzuki, and it's been an amazing boat. However, over the years, I've also learned that I like to target a lot of different species that are near shore, so having a bigger boat with more power could help with that, which is why I've decided to move to a 26 Pier Bay powered with twin 200 Suzukis, and this has been the perfect size boat for being able to target multiple different species, especially because the boat has over four live wheels in it, which allows me to use multiple different baits to target multiple different species. With the flush mounted seating, I'm also able to maintain ample fishability, all while still providing a comfortable ride for my clients. With the step toll technology, I'm able to be more fuel efficient at higher speeds, which is also a huge advantage when making long runs through the marsh. If you would like to purchase a Blue Wave boat, head on over to bluewaveboats.com where you can find your local dealer. One of my favorite things to eat while out on the water is either beef jerky or snack sticks. And my favorite place to get this is bourgeoismeatmarket.com. That's right, guys. This is some really good stuff. They don't use any nitrates or preservatives. It comes from one of the oldest meat markets in the world with over 130 years in existence and their fourth generation taking over now. I really want to get the word out about their product and how easy it is to go on their website, order what you want, and leave it on your boat. So go to bourgeoismeatmarket.com and use code TUNATOWNTALKS in all capital letters to get 10% off your order. That's right, guys. Go to bourgeoismeatmarket.com and use code TUNATOWNTALKS in all capital letters to get 10% off your order. That's bourgeoismeatmarket.com. B-O-U-R-G-E-O-I-S meatmarket.com. Alrighty guys, here with another guest, really excited about this one, we got Captain Chad Reinhardt, he is a captain for the Mexican Gulf Fishing Company, and uh, he's been working with us for five years now, and uh, me and him have grown to be really good friends, and I wanted to have him on to kind of talk about how he got started in fishing and everything else, so go ahead and say hey to everybody, Chad. (laughs) (laughs) See, I thought, is this just going to be like, I, I don't... I thought it's just me and you. Yeah, it is. Okay, okay. It's just kind of the introduction. That's now how you do kinda, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, like, uh, yeah, man. Like, where did where did you start fishing? Like, where did you, like, how'd you get how'd you cut your teeth on fishing? As young as you want to start. Man, as a kid, I really didn't fish very much. Like, um, it started later, like around high in high school, and that a little bit before here and there, but not anything like what we do here right uh, um where'd you grow up we were Thibodeau, Thibodeau. mostly okay. yeah and um we were really lucky man i had a place to go down in fushan some summers we kept it in grand isle and uh we kept it in we kept it in um oh shit four four point um 
where else we had the houseboat. So y'all had a houseboat. Yeah, that yeah. Moved, moved around, it so. different places, and then later on, it stayed in Fouchon for a really long time. That's and that's where I spent most of my time on that side till I come over. Till I come over here. Right. Yeah. So, and how how old are you? I'm 36. 36. So mm-hmm. this was back in high school. So it was like before Katrina and all that. Or mm-hmm. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what kind of fishing were y'all doing back then? Like, how'd you? Man, I did. I did more fishing just charter boat stuff then i mean played around begged for a boat as a kid yeah and um we had a little boat where we could go right off the beach catch mangroves cobias and stuff like that right but most of my fishing's been done working on a boat than it has like for as for fun as a kid like we had boats but it wasn't something there's not a many fishermen Right, my family. (laughs) Not like how you and your dad went diving and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, how y'all spent a bunch of time together. Yeah, everybody. That's what I find interesting. Everybody kind of finds their way into being a charter captain, like in a different, different way. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, so like in high school, we were uh, some of my buddies were um, one of my buddies worked on a boat, and we were all. I mean, in Grand Isle, started cleaning fish and cleaning boats and hanging around and go fill in work for a person help somebody out back and forth it was more we were just in grand Isle, hanging out down there and eventually i mean it's kind of like you go to the barbershop mm-hmm. eventually you get a haircut you know <laughs> um just hanging out down there and hop on help this person out this person needs a break and eventually got a job where you could work right and uh make us a little bit money and how old were you at the time when you started like really driving time oh full time not till after school so like 18 19 Mm -hmm. you never did anything else really um no i've done all kinds of different stuff (laughs) all kinds of it but it was just a summertime deal right 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 when the season was hot and there was a lot of people going yeah yeah when everybody would be down there it was uh it was great yeah yeah but, um, so like whenever, like you did all different types of stuff, like at what age would you, would you feel like it was like full, full time? Um, or when did you decide like this is was, cause like you could do a lot of different stuff just knowing all your background and stuff. I mean, you, you choose to do this. Like you, you want to be a fisherman. Yeah, I like yeah. this. Yeah. It's still fun. Right. Right. You know, I don't think I'm definitely not tired of it. Right. Thank you. I still enjoy it. I can tell. <laughs> yeah. I get tired. Yeah. You know, we just all like do. everybody else does. Yeah. But um, I'd say about 20, 19, 20, yeah. 20, something like that. I feel like there has to be 20. a point to where you get like a level of commitment that you really want to do this. And, and like for me, like, you know, like you said, I grew up like fishing with my dad and diving with my dad and doing all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So it's like. There's that balancing act that people try to play where you don't want to turn your hobby into your job, you know. And, like, for me, I don't know. It kind of – it definitely changes it a little bit, but I still enjoy it, you know. And I try to focus on trying to create a unique experience for that for that customer, something that they'll remember. Yeah, know, yeah. That's, that's, like, what I like, you know. Well, I can remember I still wasn't um, seven days a week kind of deal. Right. And um, I was uh, kind of – fish with these people a little bit go mate on this boat go here they're there and um then 
I went get I got my captain's license when I so I was in '08. So however old I was then. That was shortly after Katrina. Right? Yeah, and um, and kind of didn't look back. You know, uh, um, me and Freaky fished together for a while. Fished with Lance Walker for a while. Um, then I went work for Chris, and I stayed. I stayed with him for a long time. Really? How long did you work for? Oh mm, uh, nine to fourteen, something like that. Wow, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. And Lance Walker, didn't he have like a big, like a big boat type of thing, or was it? Like uh, he he had a boat like that for a little bit, but mo- just outboard stuff mostly. Just outboard mm-hmm. stuff, yeah. yeah. And Fushan, I mean, like, how much tuna fishing did you got? Do you guys do over there? Is it still a good bit? Good bit. Yeah, but yeah. There's a lot of bottom banging over there. A lot. You have a lot more shelf. Yeah. Yeah, a lot more area to run for for the yeah, shelf. <laughs> not like not like here, but still a lot of a lot of bottom fishing too. But and we did more night trips and stuff like that also. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah they do do a lot of that. We get away from that over here. Yeah. <laughs> no overnighters here. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Those overnighters will put you out for sure. <laughs> so. Yeah, just made for this person pick up a little bit here go for it for this person pick yeah. up some little bit here and there and then uh 08 09 really started that's pretty much all i did but over there your season's a lot shorter too it's mostly here. just summertime or no i mean you fish winter too but it's not as busy as we are here i've never been yeah. busy like this yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I feel like almost our summer, I mean, I know you guys stay booked nonstop, but I talk to a lot of the inshore captains and stuff, and, I mean, historically to me, it seems like June and July can be some of our slowest months down here. kind of okay as hot as it is right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like our, our springs and our falls seem yeah. to be, like, the, the real, like, that's when everybody's booked. You can't hardly find a boat, you know, in the fall down here. I mean, you're lucky if you find a boat, it seems like. Yeah, but think about it. It's, it's when big fish happen. Yeah, it's when big fish too, and I think that like then you get a lot of more consistent. Too. This isn't really a fam. I mean, it can be a family destination, but like you get a lot of like middle-aged people that are trying to you know catch the biggest fish, or they're going on their trophy, their trophy vacation type of thing, and a lot of uh, a lot of like company corporate stuff, and like those people don't like to take away time from their you know, like if you're coming down here with like a business outing you don't want to take away time from your family and your job you know it seems like i don't know i guess i'm just saying that the fall seems to be the busiest busiest time down here yeah it can be yeah for sure but um you uh so you worked from 2008 till when did you end up coming down here um i came here in 18 um a buddy of mine was friends with Jordan, and uh, he was looking for he needed a he needed a mate, and I was just fishing a little bit here and there that year. In seventeen, I really didn't fish very much. Right, right, yeah. And and like I know this because I know you, but mm-hmm. like there was a lot of uh, I guess things that had happened that led you to come down here. I mean, like you talk about it a lot at, at different times when. Man, uh, the way it worked out is um, I, I wanted to fish again full-time. And I, I already knew that after doing years of getting a few days here and there and 
not fishing every day and then later on fishing a whole bunch you need to fish a lot to, <laughs> to make this make sense you know yeah and um i just the way it worked out he said hey these guys looking for a mate you want to go be a mate and i said sure i'll go be a mate that's that's fine oh. and uh went right back to to being a mate again you know <laughs> which is actually kind of nice yeah later on a lot less thinking <laughs> you think of like when you, you when you're back on the other end of it it's uh it's a lot less pressure you right. know you just show up keep clean boat make sure everything's in order and yeah. fish yeah mm-hmm. no doubt yeah i've always thought that too even as an inshore guide like you have to decide where you're going your the responsibilities a little bit more for sure mm-hmm. or a lot more <laughs> everything's kind of riding on your decision makings that morning yeah but like but you know this like once you're back in the groove of things it's good like i'd rather fish every day yeah yeah it just keeps going yeah it definitely does because you stay on fish like i try to do like the like some of our guys do like the weekend thing you take off the weekends but it's like man it's like as soon as you kind of figure out what's going Mm -hmm. on you go and it scrambles your plan you know and you come back on monday or whatever and and the weather can do that too, you know. But isn't that the nice thing about this? Yeah. Like we kept going to the east for a few weeks because it's blowing so hard out of the southwest. Yeah. And you get to where you go, man, I just want to go somewhere else. Yeah. And yeah, the wind lets up and then else. you just go somewhere else. Yeah. That's one of the best parts about this. Yeah. And Venice to too, so many options out here. <laughs> hmm You just wake up and go do whatever you want to do that yeah. day. Yeah. What? would you say that's like a big difference like to me like i've you know i grew up out of mississippi it's kind of similarly oriented to the other side of the river Mm -hmm. fushan but like here you can fish like even inshore you can fish on some really really nasty days and still be somewhat productive whereas like in mississippi like you know if it's blowing hard i mean you don't have a whole lot of options (laughs) you know what i mean like i've seen you guys like you know you can get a good angle and which way you want to go and all that kind of stuff would you say that's a giant advantage of fishing out of venice yeah Yeah. you can go left and right yeah and south yeah i mean i think that's like i don't know it's it's crazy how how well you can do on some rough days or if the wind just wets up just a little bit and you can you can make something happen you're so close to the shelf it's it's right there But um, what did what did you think whenever you first came down and you saw Mexican Gulf and you met Jordan? Like, what was your thought process whenever you kind of met everybody? Like, was it? Oh man, how everybody's got really nice stuff. <laughs> Equipment's great, setup's great. Yeah. Every one of the first things I noticed, and uh, went hang out with everybody that night, and I'm going, man, everybody's kind of just hanging out. There's no. It was just a different kind of group. It's really tight-knit here yeah. with everybody. Definitely is. <laughs> yeah, but really nice equipment, nice setup down there at Richards. And uh, just different, and it's over here it's way more competitive than it is over there. Yeah. And I'm not knocking there at all because I still love, I mean, out of there, I, I got my start, I cut my teeth. It's great there too, just like over here. The first couple times fishing, there'll be six, eight, ten boats at a rig, and you still go there. Yeah. <laughs> over there, there's one or two boats. You don't. You don't go. You there. don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> just somewhere else. And uh, 
what is it, uh, common courtesy distance? Yeah. Is a lot closer here. Yeah, I would say that People too. fish very close here. <laughs> I mean, nothing like those guys do, those videos you see of those people fishing in, uh, what's it, Pass, where they went catch those tarpon? Oh, uh, yeah. In Florida. Nothing, yeah, nothing Boca, like that Boca close. Grand, yeah. But <laughs> one of the first things I noticed, I'm like, man, people are on top of each other here some days. Yeah. But some days you can everybody's catching fish and yeah. you're still that close to each other and that that was like a hard thing for me to figure out especially when i first started running my inshore boat down here is like what is too close and like what is you know and everybody's got their kind of some own minds <laughs> some yeah. people are different when that like you know like you'll have you know you pull up to southwest pass rocks and say there's one boat fishing on the tip of that mm-hmm. Well, you decide to pull up next to them, and they get mad at you. And I'm like, bro, this is <laughs> not your rock. <laughs> <laughs> These are rocks, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, everybody's. I mean, like, what do you think, though? I mean, is it just different wherever you go, or is it like, do do you have a preference you want to kind of elaborate on? Uh, man, some people it doesn't bother me at all, you know. Yeah. Um, because you know, like, all right, this guy understands what's going on. These people do, and then. Some days I can remember fishing trawl boats in the de- in the delta, and we're catching, we're picking away. The fish had stuck with us, and you could see the people get a little closer, and then they stop and keep fishing, and they get a little closer, and you're like, it's okay. He's still he's trying to catch fish too. You yeah. Know? There's a big difference between that and going, hey buddy, they're they're doing it over here. Come here. Like, yeah. Pull up on. That's. That's different, yeah. That's what's great about, like, this group of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what gives you a lot of advantages, yeah, for sure. Or Mexican Gulf as a whole. or Yeah, to be able to take this much slice out of a pie. You could cover a lot. Yeah. Like the other day, we're spread out, and you're relaying messages from one person to the other person. Yeah. Even though they can't hear you. Yeah, or if the weather's blowing real bad all one time, and then... Mm-hmm everybody goes a different direction and it's like we found bait here but we didn't find any bait here and then yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. you stay on top of it super cool but um what what is like your personal favorite thing to like target um i don't know if i could say like one thing is my favorite i do like i I really like the tuna fish especially when they bite way better when they do but that's one of my favorite things to do and uh and it changes throughout the year mm-hmm. so like what what is your favorite i guess t- set and setting for tuna fishing like off way offshore way offshore yeah. what's your favorite bait uh i i don't know i, I don't know what's <laughs> that's a loaded yeah. question huh? <laughs> it depends yeah what they're whatever they're eating but i don't know i, I really had uh, got an education on live baiting way more baits than I'd ever experienced before coming over here and seeing how these guys were fishing mm-hmm. I mean it was it was a lot for me I was going wow this is this is way different you know it's, it's faster pace it's more stuff going on um, pulling the fish with you and and making them work for you um, uh, fish totally different than yeah. I fished before yeah. you know I can remember when I would just drive the Green Canyon with sardines <laughs> start cutting up and huh? throw them in the water 
<laughs> and you run the line to eat it, you know, yeah. or you go ride around till you find a trawl boat. Yeah. And I wouldn't always get call, you know, it'd be way easier just to throw the bait you brought with you. Yeah, just throw a bunch of pogies or whatever. We yeah. fished sardines a whole bunch. Really? When I fished over there, yeah. Where'd y'all mm-hmm. even get sardines? From the marina. But they, they're not, like, they're not, like, we don't catch sardines here, right? I know we'd have flats of them. But I know, but, like, they're not in the water here. Like, yeah. if you were to go catch sardines. I don't know where they come <laughs> you from. You don't know where they come <laughs> from. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So, but then I wonder about that some days, too. Because some days they'll eat them better. Hmm. They'll eat know? the sardines better than, like, yeah. I mean, I can stuff. remember days like that. Yeah. And then now, um, think about we bring dead pogies in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. We don't really bring frozen pogies in the, in the summertime. Yeah. Yeah, Man, total, and that, total that's different. what's something different from, like, whenever I started in 2015, I mean, we caught a lot of tunas. Like, you'd bring one bonita, and that would be all of your chum for the day. And we would catch a lot of tunas, you know, chumming. Chum chumming like that but we <laughs> we don't chum at all anymore i mean very rarely very rarely but I mean, then some days they'll eat it yeah you they know will. yeah when you're out of bait and you have no other choice you got to do something yeah but uh, uh i don't know it, it, it's nice to it's so much different stuff you know it's like we mangrove a little bit here i used to mangrove a bunch over there yeah. fishing with pogies here fishing with croakers over there yeah. or sardines <laughs> you know so just 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 different ways of getting the same thing done yeah y'all mm-hmm. caught a, catch a lot of mangroves over there <laughs> yeah they got them over here too though yeah they do they do i know uh i mean the last couple of days we did and it's fun you and you ask somebody you go if you say you tune a fish one day and they want to do something different it's not like normal bottom fishing like you want some rod and reel and hand time? You want to be able to cast and see the fish. See them. Yeah. I like to see them. Yeah. Anytime you can add the visual aspect, I mean, yeah. you, can, you can do that with a lot with tuna fishing. But anytime you can make the visualization part of being a guide happen, I mean, that yeah. adds to the experience so much, I think, you know. Watching the meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. People love that. Everybody. Yeah. If you don't like that, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, right? Doing the wrong thing. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, I don't know. It's fun. It's it's fun to have a one day you go do this, one day you go do that. Right. I like that. Yeah. I do. But um, you're probably, I would say, one of the more mechanically inclined captains that we uh that we have around here. Where did you kind of cut mm, your teeth on the mechanic just, stuff? Is it your whole life or? No, not my whole life. Really? No. You just learn a little bit here and learn a little bit there from. You break a lot of stuff, and then um, I spent a bunch of time working at a buddy's shop, and he's taught me a whole bunch. And, and who's uh, that? Uh, Will Sigmund and them at Outcast. At Outcast, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, man, it's uh, it's it's funny how you you just spend some time with some people who are good at, good at something, and you pay attention and you watch what they do, and they rub off on you, and you learn a lot, you know. No. And it, it could help you on the other end. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of having to tow your boat up mm-hmm. the road or pay somebody to come down here or mm-hmm. whatever it is, you can you can definitely increase your profit margins by a lot. Yeah. But being able to do all that stuff. It's 
it's like anything else the more you do something you pick up a little bit here go to the next thing I mean me and you one day yeah. you know <laughs> going, all right let's start at the beginning work our way this way dude you got see. me out of some bonds let's see if we can go but that's what's way. the difference in like I mean, I'll try and pick at stuff. Like, I, I, I generally try and pick at it for hours until I can try and ask for help from somebody because I, I want them to see that, you know. And one, I want to see them, I've, I've gotten a good effort. And then two, it's like you got to try and learn something on your own if you really want to learn something, you know. But, like, I just get so mad and frustrated. <laughs> and, like, I want it to be over with, you know, like so much. But then, like. You come to somebody like you with a big problem like that, and you're almost, like, intrigued. You're like, I wonder what this is. Like, I want to figure this out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you feel stuff. like it's like that, or do you feel like it's more of, like, do you get, like, mad and frustrated whenever something breaks? Both. Both, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's I – don't, I don't know. Like, the more we run these things, the more we use them, mm-hmm. you start to – you find, like, this is it. This is this breaks right here. Oh, I know what to do. Call this person. You know, like around here, Wilson's one of those people. Yeah, you know, you call him. Yeah. He helped you. He's you a know. salty dog. He's he's broke yeah. it all and seen it all. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. Stay here. You keep doing it. Eventually, you get to. I don't know. You've experienced it. You know. Yeah. No. But. What's um? Is there any like cool stories that you want to talk about? Like your biggest tuna, or your biggest blue marlin. I mean, those are always the the cool ones. But yeah, um, man, I twenty twenty was about the silliest big fish tuna fishing I've ever like consistently. Yeah, Maybe. right as COVID was breaking out. Yeah, was... you, you're driving <laughs> to the lump and they're blowing up. Boom, and we're still driving to the hill. <laughs> Just leaving them. Remember that? Yeah, it he was unbelievable. Stop. Yeah, that was the year I shot my bit, my my biggest tuna. Oh, we caught a huge mako that day. Did you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. The day that day that I was diving? Yeah. No way. With yeah, Joey? Yeah. When I was with Joey and Foad? I'm pretty sure same day. <laughs> I remember hearing about one getting caught that day, but like, that was probably one of the scariest I'd ever been in the water just because I think it was like two years before that same time of year same spot we killed an 800 pound Mako yeah. and then very similar water conditions like 20 foot of green water and like you can't really see from me to you and then <laughs> underneath you know it opens up in the blue water but like yeah. yeah man I had this giant tuna and I'm just sitting there waiting for this freaking Mako to sky on me <laughs> you know it was, it was that I mean I remember then I like I guess part of it kind of makes you feel a little more alive. That's kind of the best way I could describe it. <laughs> it's like a lot of adrenaline, but yeah, man, that was that was crazy. How big was the Mako y'all caught that day? We ended up just cutting them off and letting them go. We didn't kill them. Really? Yeah, he come up and um, I don't even think he bit the fish. He just, we're fighting the fish. He came up and I was not ready for it at all. Mm. And um I knew I had some some bigger line in the console, and I um I took a hook with a piece of wire for for like a trolling bait, and I just crimped it on. The, uh, just like a piece of hard wire. Yeah, and I, <laughs> and, I, and, I and I crimped it on uh, a piece of like 400 pound fluorocarbon, and I threw it out with a piece of meat on it. And we and we caught that fish that day. Wow. And got him close to the boat, and. 
I'm not sold on they're that good to eat. Man. Yeah, I, I, I've eaten a few of them, and I don't like it that much. So, yeah. and I asked the guys, I said, "Y'all want to kill it?" And they said, "No, not really." I said, "All right, we'll just get it up, grab it, pulled it real close, took some pictures, and cut them cut loose. loose. Yeah, let them go. We'll have to kill them. Yeah, if we don't want them, <laughs> you know." Yeah, I, I mean, and I don't think you can anymore now. Either. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. You know what? Remember one year they were way bigger? <clears throat> and, like, the males and the females were mm-hmm. different size, and they used to be a lot smaller. But I'd never killed a really big one. We hooked one a couple times one day at the reef, um, and it came up, ate Oahu on side the boat, and we hooked it, and... Um, Oh, at first he just picked it up. You know, their mouths are super hard, so like you'll, you'll Yeah, they'll just kinda of pick it up, yeah. They just picked it up and swam with it, pulled it out of its mouth, it come charging right back up and got and hooked it the second time. Yeah. And um fought him for a while and ended up losing him. But uh, um I, that's probably the biggest one I've ever seen, but how big it was, I don't know. Yeah. It's kinda of like that day <laughs> we hooked those uh I hooked a bluefin on a spinning reel. Did you really? Ago. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah. What happened there? I we, never heard this one. We were um, we were fighting some yellowfins. It was in March, and um, little yellowfins mm-hmm. offshore, and I don't remember if it was skippies or small yellows blowing up, and I saw a big swirl in it, and I cast a popper, and uh. It ate it coming at me, and uh, and <laughs> it, it, I just saw the back the hook come right out of it. Hurry up, reeled it, threw it back out, and it jumped all the way out of the water when it ate, ate it, it the, the second, second time. time. <laughs> and the people on the boat saw it that time. One fella, it, it was some charbo guys from Alaska. Really? And, uh, yeah, and uh, one dude was losing his mind, <laughs> <laughs> yelling. <laughs> And we had we followed it for a while before it um before it realized it was hooked and it swam to the rig. Did it really? Yeah, it swam to the rig and it went around the. So he didn't side. even know it was hooked. Oh no, no. What he did, just... he it pulled. It was almost to the bottom of the spool, and I grabbed the spool and broke broke yeah. the, broke it, so I wouldn't lose everything. But uh, in like a eighteen thousand spinner reel. Yeah. No, Good luck ch- on no chance 3,000 feet of water <laughs> yeah. on a little bitty popper too. Tiny one. Kind of how we were talking earlier. Yeah. Um, but no, when we hooked it, we, we it just swam around for a while <laughs> and then turned it up a little bit and, and it was gone. Wow. Yeah. Well, it was cool though just to see it. I've only seen those things a few times. I don't think I've, yeah, I've never, never seen the blue fins. Yeah. I hear about it a lot. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. That's super cool. That's got to be like, a, I mean, that's the ultimate for any tuna fisherman. I mean, a giant bluefin on a popper. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. as far as bite, you know. Bite was cool. Yeah. It really was. I, I know those that that group of guys that comes here from up north. Uh, they have all the bigger, um, the bigger poppers, and some of them actually look like this. Swim like plastic bait, but they're bigger. This one's probably what five inches, six yeah. inches. Yeah, they're, they're, big, they're way big bigger, ones. and it's got big old giant hook on it, swim bait, and uh, those dudes have wind-ons on their uh, on wow. their spinning rods that they bring. Wow. Yeah, they catch them like that. 
Actually, I don't know if they're huge ones. I have no idea yeah. how big, but it's kind of like this winter. We're riding around throwing the poppers at the tunas. Yeah. That's so much fun. It is. <laughs> it was pretty cool. The uh, I'd hear about it a lot of days, and I went out there one day and caught one on the popper. It was pretty cool. We had a really good day together. Yeah, we did. I think, was that 2020? Uh, that might have been last year. It might have been 21. I don't remember. I think it was 22. It was 22. Yeah. Because I remember it was so epic. And I was like, dude, we got to do a podcast today. <laughs> and you're like, not today. I'm tired. Because we were lifting. I think we had three guys. And we had three or four gigantor tunas. <laughs> Big tunas. Yeah. Because yeah. it was uh, towards the end. You were fighting one. And uh, in the front of the boat. And it was, uh, it was staying on the surface. Yeah. And yeah. We were both getting whooped. Caught him on mullets, hard. which I think a mullet bite is one of the coolest to me. Yeah, catching mullet and herrings. Yeah. Either or. <laughs> yeah. Those, uh, it was three older guys, too, remember? Yeah. They bit off a little more they can chew, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Big fish. Those are some big fish. Big fish are fun. Yeah. What do you think about sword fishing? You like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I had something yesterday. I had one eat it on the way down. Swordfish, right? Yes. And I was driving back onto it. It floats it. And I just let him swim for a little while. He swam it up, swam it up. I'm like, you guys, I'm, we got one on there right now. It's slack. Like, everybody's just talking. Everybody's really. They just think <laughs> we're on. We're fishing. We're on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a fish on there. Put the drill on it, loaded it up really good, and uh, just keep coming up, keep coming up, keep coming up, and uh, something cut it. Something cut it? Yeah. <laughs> like, but lost, lost everything. The bite leader, the swivel, lights were gone. I didn't strip. cut in the braid or no, no, no. I still have my lead and the wand on. Really? Yeah. It's <laughs> the first time I've ever had that happen yesterday. I mean, we've broke them off and done that, but. So I've heard of people having them cut. Yeah. Dawson a while back talking about a um, a mackerel or something eating the line. I see it maybe, or maybe yeah. it's. I mean, you see a lot of mako's tacks this swordfish. Yeah, I have fish. no idea what it was. Yesterday. Could have been something like that. Yeah, it's a mystery. <laughs> but I like it a bunch. I'm really glad um, that people like it. You can go put time in. Yeah. Do you find it. some people don't like it? Some people hate it. Yeah. And see, that's what I Because they've think. never caught one either, though. Yeah, Most that is people. too. Or if they, maybe they've tried and they've tried for hours and haven't caught one, mm -hmm. you know. And everybody kind of bases what they like off of their own personal past experiences, I feel yeah. like, you know. Like if they, if you win a bunch of times and you didn't catch one, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> but really, really cool fish. Yeah. That's one of the things I've wanted to... I know you guys are probably called... I mean, I've actually been called crazy. And other guys don't want to do it. But catch them jigging. Like, like get like a thousand oh. gram jig or something like that. Because they eat... It seems like when they're eating, they eat anything. It doesn't really seem to matter, you know. Yeah. But I don't know. I think that would be cool. Like, mm -hmm. a cooler way to... I, I'm into that kind of stuff. You know, I, I catch a lot of fish on cane poles and shit like that. So, <laughs> it kind of gives you a different 
feel or the person can actually feel like they hooked it and they caught it, you know what I mean, to make it more of a, I guess, a memorable thing for them. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's almost like Warsaw fishing. Like, you put a bait down and you wait, you know. And it's Kind of. <laughs> you know, drift around or move. But you're still fishing. Yeah, you're still you know? fishing. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't have to have the rod in my hand. Yeah. Some people do. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think that's the difference between, like, like a, like, as a charter captain, like, I, I get my rocks off on, like, trying to find the fish, you know, mm-hmm. and putting the, putting the boat where it needs to be and having everything organized to the point where you can actually make, you know, make what you're trying to do happen, but, like, I guess if somebody books a charter, you know, and there's not a whole lot involved in what they've done until the fish is on, if they're jigging, they would feel like they were part more a part of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get it. But just you know kind of ask your people I, what they want to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, That's definitely it. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like some people like running along. And chumming. chumming. Yeah. I, uh, I had some people this week ask me that. We caught 300 live baits in the morning. <laughs> and we got out there and we got two wells full of bait and... We catch a bonita, and the guy wants to cut it up and send it out. But that's what he had done before. Yeah. Nighttime stuff. Yeah. You know? But I don't know. I think it's a difference of rod and reel and hand people. Yeah. Or, I don't know, people who've seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's also, too, like some people are really good at entertaining themselves on the boat. You know, like you mm-hmm. get these groups of guys, they come every year, and they're really good about, like, you know, keeping the drink going and having everybody having a good time and then like you know it doesn't really matter it seems like it doesn't really matter if they catch fish or not they're gonna have the you know they're gonna yeah, have but a ball we all want it to where uh, they're blowing up on side of the boat and you pitch their bait out and they eat it right right away yeah and then you go here you go next one next one next one that's what we all want yeah for you sure know? for sure that's the fun stuff but um how you were talking about warsaw i was thinking about it earlier um, man, I've only caught a few big, I've never caught a really, really big one. Like some people have, but we had caught one one time that, uh, that had a big old bone in his belly and a pack of bologna. No way. In his belly. Yeah. What kind of bone was it? I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. I it wasn't could... like a fish bone. I mean, um, fish bones are different, right? I'd have to show you. Yeah. It, it had to come off the rig, you know, because I've caught snappers with uh, chicken bones and corn Dude, cobs. Dude, I have too. I've had, yeah, Ch- chicken, chicken bones, bones corn cobs. One of them had a little piece of a welding rod in his belly one time. Really? About this big. I guess the guy tossed Chunking off the off. rig or something, and it ate it. Yeah. That's wild. It is. What's your, what, how big was that Warsaw? Two, uh, 250-ish, something like that. Damn, dude, that's yeah. a big one. Yeah. Back when I worked for uh, Jake Boudreaux at the Brand Lodge, we he loved doing the Warsaw fishing. And we yeah. never caught, I think our biggest, man, we might have been right at scraping at 200, but never that big. But we yeah. caught quite a few of them one summer. Like we went out every day just. He did that a bunch. Did, yeah, trying to do it, you know. <laughs> man, when we, would, when we would catch jacks a whole bunch before, I mean, we don't really catch jacks that often. Sometimes we do. Yeah. Um, catch your jacks and then put a bait on and at least give it a little while to see some days they eat it right away 
Yeah. Some days they eat it way up in the water column where you're catching your jacks. Yeah. You, yeah. you catch them real high. You don't always catch those things on the bottom. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's definitely true. Mm-hmm. I find, man, I've fought, I've seen like I I think I had this line of thinking when I went like in the Bahamas. Like if you go and try and go there to shoot groupers in the like winter time and springtime, you'll shoot them in like twenty foot of water. It's yeah. crazy how you know how shallow those things will go. And then I I never done it, but I hear about the guys catching like uh, gags off of. Uh, like out of Crystal River and like west coast of Florida, right there, they'll catch them like on fly rods and stuff. Even it's crazy. Wow. Well, they, yeah. And they catch them on uh, diving baits. Yeah. Too. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 Like with Oahu baits. Like that. Yeah. And uh, but then I started trying to dive for like scamps because I was, like shooting one free diving would be really cool, right? And um, I shot a handful of them, but it always seems like in the springtime, like if you can go out in like March or April. And at one time in particular, I found them in like 15 foot. They were like up with the mangroves. Like, yeah, that's crazy. But, I mean, it makes you think, you know, like you kind of have to pick up on this. And, and everything's different here because our reefs are vertical. So they move up in the water column instead of like closer into shore. <laughs> and maybe they do both. Remember the guy who was, um, he, he was at the, uh, the fish clean table and they would take the, the stuff out of the uh, sword stomach? And bring it to uh, Baton Rouge and tell you what they were eating. Remember that fella? I don't think I ever did. Yeah. Um, and they would have hard tails and herring and really stuff like that in them. So how you're talking about those fish being way shallower? Uh, um, I caught some yellowfins one day in 60 feet of water, right outside of, not far from Bell Pass, like way closer than I ever. Yellowfin. Tunas. Tunas. Oh wow. Super shallow. Wow. For what I thought, you know? Yeah. And, um, so do we really know? Yeah. You don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't think or we like do. like, when I've seen, like, man, them swordfish will throw you for a loop whenever you start finding, like, ladyfish and... Yeah. And, I caught one ladyfish one time. <laughs> and mullets yeah. in their stomach, and it's like, them mullets ain't going down there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe they do. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> It makes you think, though. It's like, wow. More questions. Yeah, no, definitely. And you find pogies. You'll find them loaded up with pogies. I mean, just that's what he was. Out. That's what I was talking about. That guy was was saying that. So do we really know? No. I don't think we do. But really cool fish. Hardest fighting fish for sure. It that is. that I've swordfish. Mm-hmm. I'd say so too, but they'll throw you for a loop. Like I've caught them, you know. I mean, not nearly what you guys have. I'm the inshore guy, but like, you know, I've been on the boat where we catch them. A 130 kind of just swims right up to the boat, you know. Never really took a lot of drag or mm-hmm. nothing. And then you'll see the next one. You'll fight a, a 130 for three hours, you know. <laughs> They're different. <laughs> Tunas are like that some days too. Yeah. You know. Sometimes. Are you? Yeah. Um, I don't think they're all equal just no. because they're the same weight. Yeah, no. Maybe it's like the, who knows, the day, the time. No telling. More, a little more testosterone that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who knows. But, um, yeah, like, 
I guess in in your time of doing this, do you feel like they're like? I mean, a lot of people come down to Venice and they're like, "Man, they, these guys are killing all these tuners. Like, there's not going to be anything left next year." Like, how do you, how do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like we put a dent in these? I mean, we were just saying in 2020 how phenomenal of a big fish year that was. I mean, more 200 pound tunas than, I mean, that I've ever heard of coming into the docks. You know, but like, what do you think? Like. How sustainable is the yellowfin tuna population in the Gulf of Mexico? I don't know. Don't know. I really don't know. But, I mean, this year, for example, was it earlier than we started? Because, I mean, we saw a lot of fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We might not have caught as many big yeah. fish, but we there was still a lot of... Saw a lot two, of them, yeah. But there was still a decent amount of 200-pound fish that were caught this year. Yeah. I think. Um, last fall, we didn't see as many tunas on the boats in the Delta as we did on the other side. But you know how sometimes it only lasts a week or two? Yeah. What if it was a week where the weather was bad and we weren't there? Yeah. I think about that a bunch. Yeah. You know, maybe we just missed it. There's a few days this year, um... We only we only caught one of the fish, but man, we saw so many big tunas on the south side of the river one day. I mean, just as far as you could see. Yeah. Tons and, of them. And the sharks? Do you do you feel like the shark? I mean, and and I, and I know like you know you say you don't know with like the tuna population and everything. Yeah. I don't, I don't think any of us do. It doesn't matter if you're talking to a scientist or mm-hmm. anybody. Like nobody does. But like. In your personal experience, do you do you feel like there there's a decline or an incline in shark the tunas? We'll talk about sharks in a minute, but particularly oh. tunas. Um, this year's been pretty good so far. Yeah, we're catching a bunch of fish. They were spread out. But like from the time that you first started, you don't feel like there's any difference. I think it kind of comes and goes. Yeah, it's waves know? comes and waves. Yeah, so. and and I don't know if they're always in the same spot or not. Yeah. Or they necessarily come back to it. Um, it seems like we got a lot of fish right now. Are we catching too many of them? I don't think so. Everybody catches less. You, know, you don't see... Everybody's kind of on that program where you go, okay, this is how many we're going to catch. Mm-hmm. Give or take one or two sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes three, whatever. Who cares? It's just a, it's just a few. As long as you're not going out there and going... Just because we can catch three a person, we should kill. Yeah. Three a person, too much fish. Yeah, and you can include the captain and mate. So, yeah, that would be, what, eight eight times three? Oh, you should 24. 24. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. It's too much. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's that's too much. But, you know, there's all these, those people that say it's not, you know. <laughs> They'll go do it. Or there's people that'll take their own, you know, they take their own boat. And, they you know, they try and justify it by saying, well, y'all take, you know, Ten a day for a week. We go out there for one one time in a month, and we we catch our twenty four. You know that's okay. Most of them don't catch twenty four anyway, <laughs> so it really doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, it's true. So, yeah. and think about when you're out there and it's really good and it's easy, and you just and you're cooking them and catching them. Yeah, it's kind of hard to stop sometimes. Yeah, but I I I think there's I think there's plenty of tunas. Yeah. What about the sharks? There's plenty. <laughs> you think there's an incline in the sharks? I think so. Yeah. I really do. Because some days, it's just sharks. Yeah, it's all sharks. The um, other day, I um, 
Well, actually, two two days ago on um, on the, on the midnight lump, there's a ton of bottom fish, but the sharks were real charged up, and the water was clean too, but the sharks were real charged up. You you, you couldn't catch them. You could hook the fish, and they eat them. Like I would watch them on the machine too. Really? Like they're underneath the boat, close to the boat. And you see them. We hook one, we fight him halfway up, and he gets eaten. Hook another one, you fight him a quarter of the way up, and he gets eaten. Then after that, I mean, as soon as you get bit, they would they would eat him. Yeah. And then the, and on and even tunas are like that some days. You know, it goes from you can catch them; they'll take a bite or two out of them, or it'll be the little sharks that just eat the baits. Um, but man, I I think I'm the wrong person to ask if there's if there's too many or not enough, but what I see is that there's a lot. There, there's got to be a balance. Yeah. You know, I think everything's like that. One thing I think is interesting is like, you know, as many tunas and everything else is that we're killing, mm-hmm. and we we protect the sharks. You know, they say we're taking too much. So instead of saying, you know, like we need to you know, shorten the quota or anything like that, they're like, no, we're going to protect them. We can't take any more. You know, they've done that to sandbars and duskies. There's a long list of sharks, and it keeps getting longer of the sharks that you, you can and can't take. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't I don't see us doing that with anything other than maybe a Jewfish. You know, that's the only other fish that I know that we've been like, no take, no no harvest yes. at all, you know. We cut back cobias a bunch this year. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about that? Cobia? We don't catch as many cobias as we did before. I don't think. Before, like back in the day. Yeah, but I did. I was doing that kind of fishing more, too, yeah. you know. Yeah, so, a different area, more shelf. Yeah, yeah um, but uh, so, but there's only been one day this year where the cobias were good enough where we we threw some back. Like, oh, don't hook that one. That yeah. one's too little. I think it's I think it's a good idea how it got bigger. You yeah, know? they definitely seem to be getting a little bigger for sure. <laughs> yeah, or like before we could kill. A lot smaller fish now. It was went from thirty three to thirty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you look at a fish, you could see them before, I mean, especially yeah. when they're right outside the boat. Like, ah, don't even hook them. Yeah. Well, that was a alone. drastic cut in the in the. In yeah, the, that's big time. Yeah, from two a person, so you could keep twelve, and now we're we're down to two per boat. Yeah. Which is a big big difference. It is. I wonder if it's gonna work. Hopefully, yeah. it helps. I hope it does. Yeah, because yeah. that's fun. Yeah, hopefully we get a better, you know, a bigger class of fish. Like, you know, yeah. hopefully we start seeing some more like '80s, '90s, and hundos mm-hmm. coming around. You know, it's kind of like triple tails. Yeah. Oh. At one point, you catch them in them things as you want. Yeah. There was no size, no yeah. back. Yeah, there was nothing. You though. you could have is what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like dolphins and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, I think those are the most closely related related triple tail mahi and cobia. Like, they seem to have kind of the same patterns. And, uh, you know, they hang around rip lines or they can hang on structure. They kind of do what they want mm-hmm. as they please. But, I mean, as far as triple tail, I mean, I think there's maybe fewer big, big ones. Okay. But there's, it seems like there's still a lot. I mean, like last year I was seeing schools of 20, you know, at a rate. Bigger ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, but we're finding out a lot about them. Like, I just did a podcast with a guy that came and we satellite tagged a bunch of them to kind of figure out where they're going, what they're doing, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and trying to come up with the right way to manage them because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people were for putting like a slot on the triple tail, you know, 
Like okay. Doing it like like we do like bull reds. Mm-hmm. But it's my opinion that you know if a fish is uh, these fish we found the oldest one I caught this past May the oldest that was the oldest one they've ever they've ever done was eight years old. Oh damn! I thought they'd be way older than that. And uh, we've we've out we've we've also caught thirty pound fish that are four years old. So you know if if you're catching a thirty pound fish that's that's four years old, and these fish are we think they only live you know they were saying before I caught that one that max life capacity was like seven years. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, then you should harvest it like a big buck. In my opinion, you should take the big one out and let the smaller ones go. Okay. And they're the mid-sized fish because, like, you know, a bull red, that makes sense. You know, that fish can live to be 40 years old and, and re- you know, reproduce for years and years and years, and that's that's good for the fishery. But, uh, I don't know, triple tail is a different thing, and I think that's that's why I've been so happy that I was involved in that research to kind of give you a different light on how to, you know, manage them and everything. But I think, I think ultimately keeping less is a good idea, and I also think that, trying to make more habitat for the fish in these key areas that they hold in because like from the looks of it they're saying that in like the next seven years like i think it's like 80 percent of all of our nearshore rigs are going to be hauled out you know yeah they, i mean they've, they've already i mean you've seen the cut and all the <laughs> rigs over your lifetime i know and so like you know if you get rid of all the nearshore rigs and that are on the shelf how many how many how many mangrove snapper are going to be around then? <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be like it was before. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to hurt us. Yeah, definitely will. And I guess it's my opinion as well that, you know, we need to have more uh, more people that love this sport so we can do more to make more habitat. Yeah. Because that's, you know, that's that kind of the, the, the focus for conservation around deer, you know. And I think if you apply those same principles to the water maybe we can i mean it's it's very hard to do it's very expensive but there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of human intervention i think that we could do to actually try and make more fish what yeah, do you think about that um it'd be nice if they just cut more of them and leave them higher up but there are stuff where when they cut them it's not as good up no. top you know you'll still catch fish at some of them yeah. But when the top part's gone, the the part that's taken out the water, think about the ones that we rarely even go to anymore. Yeah. Even though it's still down there, yeah. some of them. Well, or some of them they take the whole rig out, and that area is gone. You're not going to catch any fish there. I, I've talked to a few people um, that's that are like, man, you wouldn't even recognize anything in the shallow South Tim stuff. Most of it's gone. Oof. Yeah, there's nothing. I like how some be the promised land. <laughs> well, though they they pick up everything, everything. Like nothing on the bottom. Yeah, you, you, I'm sure you've seen it. Mm-hmm. You see a trawl boat and you go, oh, "I'm gonna go check them," and you drive to them, and it's a couple dudes wearing life vests with hard hats with a bunch of garbage <laughs> on the back of the boat. They're not, they're not catching shrimp. They're they're picking up the trash. Really? On the bottom. I've never after seen that before. Never so. seen that. So they're trying to pick up any of like the pipes and barnacles and just cleaning up everything off the bottom. Yeah, they'll so clean people it can up. trawl there. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I feel like that's devastating to fisheries. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. But I, I think I, I, I think I, what happens is because you see like these near shore rigs, you see a lot of like uh, uh, like 
the sheephead, they lay their nests on on these. Like I've seen them. I get in the water and look at them. Mm-hmm. And they lay the, their nests on on the rigs. And I think they do it wherever that water temperature and everything is right. You know, sometimes it's okay. very, at the very like top of the surface. Sometimes it's like twenty feet down. Sometimes it's like you know thirty or forty feet down. It just depends. But it's like, if nothing else, that's where all your bait's going to hold is in that top third of the water column. So you, I mean, chopping them down, I think is, uh, I think is good. I don't think it's, it's definitely better than um, taking it all the way out. But it's still not the same, you know, as having that stuff come all the way out the water, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be tougher and tougher on us. Catching bait close, you know, all the close fish. It's going to get harder and harder when they do take them. Yeah. But and you know they're not going to leave all of them. Just leave some. It'd be nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We'll see, man. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Well, man, we've almost done an hour now. Um, is there any more thoughts you want to put out there on conservation? Like on um, what, what more you think we, we can do as charter industry to keep this thing going as best we can? Um, man, I really like, we just talked about it a second ago, but the deal where people are agreeing on, man, this is how many we're going to kill. Yeah. And if it's really good and they're bigger, we're only going to kill a few. There's no point in getting carried away. You know, let's take what we could use and, because man, I remember how excited I was when I was younger and I went out there and first blue marlin i seen you know the first big tuna you know mm-hmm. you want other people to be able to do that too yeah <laughs> it's a lot of fun yeah you know n- not to be greedy but take what you can yeah but too uh, i've been that guy where you biting so good we're gonna catch a limit it's kind of the mentality yeah. for a while and then you realize you're really not gonna use all that yeah Mm-hmm. It's definitely that mentality, especially around Louisiana. People that don't even fish that much, it seems like. Just they want it. Yeah. <laughs> catch more than that, the guy that they, they know or whatever. It is, yeah. You know? uh, some people mentality. be like, we want to catch a limit. And I go, you from Louisiana? <laughs> even though I know they're not from Louisiana. <laughs> I talk to them on the phone, seeing their area code, and they look at you. Man, I'm just messing with you, but you got a bunch. Yeah. Or, or when you come back and you cut it all up mm-hmm. and they go man this is way more <laughs> especially tunas yeah they tunas yield a lot yeah. such a long way yeah they really do yeah. um, I want everybody to be able to do it yeah I think the most thing is just try not to have that kill all mentality and feel good about what you're doing mm-hmm. you know like go have fun yeah you see I don't know do something to make yourself feel a little better save a turtle or some shit <laughs> <laughs> Do something. Do something. Just something. Just don't go out there and try and rape and pillage and, yeah, <laughs> and no take point, everything. Man. You know. Yeah. <laughs> go out there and have fun. I have a buddy I'm taking. I think next week or something. And uh, he's like, "Man, I'm not trying to do much. I just want to fill the freezer." You know. Yeah. <laughs> not much. <laughs> like man, like like, like you on, said, just come have fun. Let's just do that. <laughs> he's probably been looking forward to it for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. And we all do it to ourselves. We, you put the highlights out there. Highlight, highlight, highlight. Yeah. And um, some days are easy, some days are tough. But 
it's the good days that you're chasing. Yeah. That's what you're doing. That's what we're going back for. We're yeah. going back for that tunas in one drift, 200-pound swordfish, 40, whatever y'all catch, however big those triple tails are, they're huge. Yeah. Um. 30 cobias coming up on one pipe. Yeah. And we're all, we're all chasing that. Yeah. And I feel like I do that for myself too. Like me and my, me and my younger brother just went to Costa Rica this past winter. And like, you know, we're going to go spearfish tuna down there. And like, you know, I've always had this dream that me and him would go out of the country and shoot big fish together, dive together and do that whole thing. But it's almost like I'm doing that. But then whenever I come home, I'm trying to provide that same experience you know, he shot 140 pound tuna. It was, it was really, really cool. It was something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. But it's like I come home and I go to work and I'm trying to recreate that same thing for my client. And it's just because their amount of time on the water isn't equivalent to mine. So yeah. like, you know, like the other day I took this guy out and his, him and his dad. His dad had never fished in salt water. He's 82 years old and he caught the biggest fish of his life. You know. And on the way in, his son was crying, telling me how special that was. And it's like, you know, to some people, that's that's just weird, you know what I mean? But to me, it's like, I get it, you know? You're trying to provide this experience that is, like, really memorable and impactful to that person. And I try to do the same thing for myself, you know? And, like, that's, I don't know, that's what I get my rocks off to, trying to do that, you know? (laughs) But what I have to remember, too, is their idea and our idea, Mm -hmm. idea of it. The, the, your perspective of what's great and what's not, you know. Yeah. Sometimes people. What was the fish? What was the biggest fish of his life? Before he'd only fished in fresh water. No, so no, no. Uh, what was it that oh, day? Oh, that day it was a forty-inch bull red. There you it was, go. It was big. You know, you know what I mean? Like it was. Yeah. And it, to most people that are here in Louisiana, I mean, a bull red is like. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> it's like whatever, you know. But, but then some days you go, man, I. I really like catching bull reds today. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, whenever you get somebody on and you know that you can provide this crazy cool experience yes. for them, like that's that's super cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And then yeah. you know that's what it is for the swordfish and the tuna. Yeah. You know, it's all because once they come bull red fishing and they come back to the dock and they see that swordfish, they're like, "Dang, exactly. man, I want to go catch that." <laughs> that 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 big dolphin last year. The yeah. Guy said, yeah. man. Do you think I should get a replica? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're probably not. I, I, I mean, that was enormous. How I've big never, was that? Sixty-two pounds. Sixty-two pounds. Yeah, and um, but he didn't know. Yeah, he didn't know how significant it really was. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Exactly. He yeah. didn't know. Yeah. And he asked, and I went, I would. <laughs> you know, it's the biggest one I've ever, I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I've seen pictures of the real big giant ones, but perspective. Yeah. You know. Definitely is. Yeah, I had a guy earlier this year that caught a big uh, big triple tail, and um, that was like right at 30 pounds or something. Uh-huh. And uh, he got. I found a guy that does the actual fish mount. Okay. And, uh, man, I'm telling you, this thing is super freaking cool. And he's he's getting it done, but uh-huh. I thought that was super cool. Caught it on the cane pole, too, so it's like even that next, you know, <laughs> no rod real. Yeah. I need to come do that with you one day. Come on, man. Yeah. Let's do it. I would love to. I would be honored. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, cool, Chad. I really appreciate you uh, doing this podcast with me, man. Definitely, uh, man. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, man. Y'all, uh, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, stay safe out while in the water and keep tight lines. Yeah.